Thank you for another day. We magnify the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 We lift you up. We give you praise. We give you the glory. Thank God for another day. We praise the Lord this morning. Thank God again. We welcome you again to our broadcasting ministries of Focus to Change. We magnify the name of the Lord. We lift him up. We give him glory. We give him thanksgiving. And we give him the praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for another day, Father. You're worthy of the honor. You're worthy of the glory. You're worthy of the praise. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord to each and every one. Thank God for another beautiful, blessed day that he has made at it all. Let us all be thankful and rejoice and be glad in it. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters and everyone that are listening right now. We thank the Lord for a new day, a blessed day that he has made. We give him praise. We give him the glory. We magnify his holy name. We lift him up. We thank him for everything that he has done and everything that he's doing and everything that he is going to do. We thank him again. We magnify him by the glorious name of Jesus. He is worthy to be praised. Somebody ought to thank him this morning. We give him the honor again and the glory and the opportunity that he has given us to give him praise, to give him glory, and to lift up his holy name. Thank God, and we just magnify the name of Jesus. Amen. And we hope that you would magnify the name of Jesus with us on today. Amen. Amen. And amen. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody ought to tell the Lord thank you this morning and give him some praise. And give him some glory. We just want to break the bread of life into your lives today and your hearing. And we hope that whatever we have to say according to and by the spirit of God, we lift him up. We glorify him. We thank him for everything to realize that you need to turn it over to Jesus. Good morning again, brothers and sisters. We praise you. Praise the name of the Lord, and we lift him up. I know that you're listening, not just to be listening, and you should be listening because you need to hear a word from the Lord, and that you need some direction and some understanding, and you may have questions in your mind about this, that, and the other. You may even have a question as to why that you're going through what you're going through, or maybe you're in your situation and why things are happening to you. Maybe even why that you may be afflicted by sickness, mental illness, trouble, abuse, financial disruption. All of those things that are going on in your life. Maybe you have lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a family member. Maybe even your husband or your wife, your daughter, your son, your niece, your nephew, whomever it may be. Whatever the pain is that's, that you're having to deal with on the inside, that internal pain, that mental anguish, stuff that you're going through in your life that you can't even control, but yet you're the one that can make the decision, that you can live by the decisions that you make, or you can die by your own mistakes, you have a choice. So it's time that we live in this dispensation of time, with, but we're in the perilous times that the Bible talks about that they would come if we would look around and see that they are here right now. We're in the midst of perilous times, chaotic times, things that are happening that the Bible spoke of and it speaks of. And we need to recognize that God is not a liar and that everything that he says will and shall come to pass. But a lot of times things are happening because the Lord needs to get our attention because when you're disobedient unto the word of the true and living God, things will happen because God is a just God. 
He's a loving God, he's a kind God, and he's a forgiving God, but he's also a just God. And when we go about our regular day and routine and disobey God, and want to do things our own way, then things will happen. Issues will spring up in our lives and we wonder why. As I said before, think about the decision you made. I know that you may have been afflicted with something. Your mind may be disrupted in a way where you're depressed, where you have anxiety, where you have issues in life that no one's around. You may be paralyzed. Maybe you can't walk. Maybe you can't move your hands. Maybe you have a problem hearing or seeing. Maybe you have a problem, as I mentioned before, mental illness. And all of these things that are going on in your life, we see them happening today. So we want to pray that in your hearing, that you tap into your faith in trusting God. I'm talking about absolute faith. I'm not talking about some little old pity patty stuff. I'm talking about the real deal that God has given every man a measure of faith. To trust him, to believe him, and to know without a shadow of a doubt that when you believe God and what he says, by the power in the name of Jesus, that things can happen. When you call on the name of Jesus, something is going to happen. When you repent of your sin and ask for forgiveness of your sin, when you humble yourself before the name of the Lord, something has got to happen. We want to pray with you this morning in that manner. We're not here for entertainment or show off or throw off. We're here to speak the word of life. God, most powerful, indestructible, incorruptible, infallible, uncompromised, true and living word of God. Today, let us pray with you right now. Father, we thank you right now. In the name of Jesus, Father. I know that someone is listening right now. And someone may have disobeyed your word, your commands. And we know that a lot of us have. A lot of us haven't followed after your will and your way. And the first of all, Father, we need you to forgive us. We want you to forgive us. Not because we're so great, not because we're so good, because we're neither. But because of your love and because of your grace and because of your mercy. Father, touch right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. There are those that have been wounded, been abused, been stricken with illnesses and disease and all sorts of issues in their life, mental issues, anxiety, depression, stress. And it's causing them to lose faith. It's causing them to have a lack of trust in you. Help us today, Father. Every person, every man, every woman, Every boy, every girl, every baby, every child, every living thing that you've created, every living person, human being that you made. Father, touch by the power of your Holy Spirit and by the power of your word that being spoken by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, for another chance. We thank you for another opportunity. We thank you, God, how you've always been there. We thank you, Lord, that you are our ever-present help in trouble. No matter what we do, no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, the world is in a terrible place right now. People are going against one another. Division, separation, abuse. Murders and killing, disobedience, hard-hearted and stiff neck All of these things that are happening, you've already spoken these words, that they would come because the humanistic nature of man, not understanding that when they follow after the flesh, that of the flesh, that they will reap corruptible things. 
And Father, give us power over the flesh by the Holy Spirit as we humble ourselves unto you. That Father, that by the Holy Spirit that it would activate the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, meekness, kindness, gentleness, and all the above, Father, that we might be able to walk circumspectly in your will, to give you the glory, to give you the thanksgiving, Father. Help us not to turn unto our own way, to believe our own height, our own understanding. But, Father, that we would have an ear to hear your word this morning, to adhere to your word this morning, that your word would break ground in our hearts, open up avenues that we would allow your spirit to come in and receive your word so that we might be able to walk in your will, to do your will, to keep your commands. Father, that we may be able to walk in that way until you call us home, until the time that you exuberate the breath that's in our body that be taken away from us. Until you close our eyes and you call home your spirit. Father, give us, Father, your grace and mercy that you've already given us each time and each day. But we ask your blessing, Father, of having mercy on us right now. And we know that you are doing it already. We know that, Father, we're not the best of people to listen to you, to obey you. We know that we can be lukewarm. We know that we can start sometime and not finish well. We know, Father, that we don't do everything like we should. And that's why, Father, we need the power of your Holy Ghost, your Holy Spirit, to keep us, Father. Father, we don't just need to hear swelling words from men, but let the men that speak your word be sent by you, Father. Be led by you. Be empowered by your Holy Spirit. Be guided by your Holy Spirit. Speak your anointing by your Holy Spirit. That your word would break the ground of trouble and trials and tribulations in our lives and in our heart. Father, we thank you right now. Father, we need more prayer and communication and healing and deliverance than anything right now. So, Father, as this word go forth, Father, send a convincing and a convicting, Father, to every hearer, to every believer, to every non-believer, to every person, to anybody, wherever this word is being allowed to be shared all over the cities, towns, and in every place, every country, every avenue, everywhere, Father, I thank you right now, Jesus. And Father, and I pray that everyone that's listening to me right now with this prayer, that they thank you as well, Father, for the second chance, for the new opportunity. Because every time that we open our eyes, every time that we that we are able to get out of our bed, we rise up and stand, have the activity of our limbs, and you close us in our right minds. Every time that you do that, Father, it's a second chance. It's a second opportunity to get right what we didn't do right before, to be able to be obedient and to be able to adhere to your word and listen to your voice. As you have spoken in the Old Testament on into the New, that you have cried out even through the children of Israel and all those that you are trying to speak to even now, that they would hearken unto your voice and obey your word, Father. We thank you right now, Jesus, in your wonderful, loving, most powerful, almighty name, Jesus. Father, we thank you, we glorify you, and we lift you up in Jesus' name as we pray this prayer and we decree it in the name of Jesus that the word have been spoken and that you hear, Father, and that you would acknowledge and activate the power of your spirit to touch somebody today, if not all, those that are listening, Father, and cause an impact in their life to change. And to look within themselves and look in the mirror, every individual, one-on-one, -on -one, personal, with you, and recognize what the problem is on the inside. Father, we thank you right now. We glorify you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we say amen. Amen.
and amen. Hallelujah, amen. God bless you. We thank God for you, amen. In your Bible and in your hearing today, turn into your Bible in the book of John, in chapter 15. Hallelujah. We're going to deal with verse 18 in that chapter, and chapter 14 in verse 1 in that chapter. So turn into 14, St. John chapter 14 and verse uh, 1, and chapter 15 and verse 18. I want you to get there. The first thing I'm going to read, I'm going to read chapter 14 first and verse 1. Very common scripture that we hear or have heard many of times. It reads, according to the King James Version here in my Bible, and Jesus here comforts his disciples. And just as the word is going forth in your ear, in your hearing today, that he wants to comfort you. But in order to do so, you must listen and adhere to his word. So Jesus said this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Trust in God. Trust also in me. We're talking about absolute faith here. Absolute faith in that word right there. And so in the book of John, chapter 15 and verse 18, here he's going to say this. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Speaking to the disciples. Speaking to the disciples. If the world hates the disciples, if the world hates a believer that trusts God, that lean and depend on God. I'm going to read that again. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Hated me first. The 19th verse says, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Today, we want to talk to you from a disciple standpoint. When it comes to preaching and speaking God's word, that if you're not real or genuine in your faith in trusting God's word, you're going to be offended by God's word. You're not going to want to trust God's word. You're not going to want to believe God's word. Why? Why is that? Because in our humanistic nature, we want to believe or we want God's word to be spoken in a manner, in a way that we want to hear what he has to say. But we cannot control what God has to say. We cannot control what God has already said. We cannot control what has already been written and what has already been spoken. The Bible lets us know it has been written and it shall be done. God's word has existed way before you and I were ever even thought of. And so whether we like it or not, whether we want to obey it or not, whether we want to believe it or not, whether we want to trust it or not, his word will remain the same. That's what it's going to be. So he let the disciples know when you go out and begin to minister and preach this word to lost souls, to unbelievers, to people that want to be in their own ways, in their own mind, in their own, in their own self of their humanistic nature, they're going to hate on you because of the truth. And here Jesus came in this world, did nothing wrong to no one. All he did was to come and fulfill that which was in the scriptures that had already been prophesied and spoken. And yet, how is it that people say they believe God, love God, trust God, 
and attend services on a regular basis, but yet don't have enough faith to allow God to produce change in their lives. Why? Because they're locked into their own humanistic nature, their own way of doing things. There was a king in the in the Old Testament days that he didn't want to hear the word of God. He was unmoved by the word of God. O King Jehoiakim, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And he didn't want to obey nothing he said. After all Jeremiah had preached and spoke everything that God had told him to put on the scrolls and write in the word of his Bible that we're reading today, yet we have these instructions as to how we should live, as to how we should treat one another. But yet, yet, we live in a world that everybody knows everything. We live in a world where everybody has the answer. Everybody has the answer. Nobody is wrong these days. But I'm here to tell you, wake up alarm to all. We all are wrong. And Jesus is right. And God's word is right. And his word will forever be right. And there's nothing we can do about changing God's word. So he let the disciples know, said, when you go about your business to speak this word. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. So when you are a believer, a true testament of the word of the true and living God, when you are a servant of the true living of the word and the true and living God, you're going to be hated by worldly perception of people. Why? Because you don't live or you don't walk in the precepts of the ways and the means of the world. And so everything that's in the Bible and the way that Paul them had spoken and we begin to teach and train us as to how we should live. You know, the world had turned everything upside down as to as if at the way that they're showing you how to live, that's the right way. No, it isn't. When you look at the world and all of the things that are in it and all the stuff that it provides and that it uses, it goes against everything the word of the true and living God has already spoken in his commandments. So how is it that the world can give us what we need when it goes against the very true word of the true and living Lord, Jesus Christ. He said, now, if you belong to the world, verse 19, I'm reading it again, it will love you as it own. So, see, as long as you live like the world, do the things of the world, you know, act like the world, dress, look, hear, talk, walk, you know, enjoy things in the world like the world, no, there's no problem happening with you. Nobody got no issues with you. Nobody got no beef with you. But when you begin to speak the true and living word of God, and if God has picked you out to be picked on, meaning that when you've been picked out like the disciples were, guess what? You're going to get picked on because of God's word, not because of who you are, but because of God's word, because that's what he said. He said, the world will love it as you as its own, if that's where you want to be. He said, but I have chosen you out of the world, out of the world, out of the world. So when you become born again, you see, I, I believe that people over the years, they, they, they skipped being or going through the process of repenting, conversion, born again, He's been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and on to just membership individuals that belong to church and attend services on a regular basis and have no power. Hallelujah. And have no power. No power for what? No power over the flesh. No power over the worldly stuff and the temptation. Why? Because it takes the power by the Holy Spirit for you to be to be able to handle the temptation of the world. So God lets his disciple, Jesus let his disciples know. Don't worry about the hate part. They hated me first. He said, now, understand this. 
if you belong to the world, you don't have nothing to worry about. But since I've chosen you out of the world, that is why the world hates you. He says, remember in verse 20, he said, remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. In other words, the same thing that Jesus spoke then and that what he's allowed me to speak now should be the same thing that he spoke beforehand. And that if anything Jesus said, I should be saying the same thing he said as well. And if there's anything to be obeyed is the word of the true and the living God through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then the word that I speak from these holy scriptures, this scroll, this Bible that has been spoken that I read to you this morning, that I speak to you, is not my word, but these are the words of the true and living God that I'm sharing with you today to try to give you insight, to open up your eyes from a darkness in a world that have you trapped, that got you lost, got you mixed up, got you messed up, got you blinded. And all the world of the true living God is trying to do for you today is to open your eyes. It's to open your eyes. Open your eyes to the truth of what the Lord has been trying to say all along. Why? Because Jesus loves us. He loves every person, every human being, everything that he created. He loves it dearly. But when he came and died, he came and died that we might, mankind, would have a free will choice to choose him or to choose the world. And it's up to us to choose who are we going to serve? Who are we who are we going to glorify? Who are we going to magnify? You know, it's sickening to know as much as the word is being spoken and taught and preached, yet people are steadily turning the other way. Why? Because this is what the Bible says. The world hates the truth. Actually, the world hates the truth because the Bible only speaks nothing but truth, all about truth. And the Bible speaks about our very human nature and the spirit that is battling against this human nature, this flesh. As I've mentioned to you before, if you really want to understand yourself and who you really need to be, just go to Galatians chapter 5. And it will explain everything about the works of the flesh. It will not leave anything out. It will not leave any of the actions that we see that's being performed in this world out. It covers everything. And there's no need for no one trying to say that you can't judge me. The Bible, the word of the true and living God, if you are there, if you are practicing that, if you are living in that manner, then it's God's word that's judging you. It's God's words. It's God's word that's judging you. And it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. You say, why are you preaching this way to us or to the world or to people that are listening and they attend church regularly? But that's not enough. To attend church on a regular basis is not enough. The Bible even lets us know in Rome, that's just your reasonable service. When you're really doing the work of the Lord, it's when you turn your whole life over to him. Your whole ways and means, your attitude, your perceptions. It's the way you see things his way. Not your own way, not my way, his way. Not our way. I can't see things my own way. If I'm planning to live according to this word or by scripture and by word for word and believe and trusting in God, I got to do it according to what he has already given me, the commandment, the instructions as to how I should live this life. If I'm trying to do it any other way, it's not going to work. And you can fool yourself for all your life and die and be lost. And the failed part about that is, when you leave this world, this earth, 
There is no second chances in the grave. There's no second chances when you leave here. There is no starting over. I say this all the time. There's no starting over. There are no, oops, I forgot. There are no, oh, nobody told me. There's no, oh, I didn't know. There's no, I didn't understand. No, the word is being spoken, is being taught, is being preached, but you ignore it. And when you ignore this word, being unmoved by this word, don't be like Jehoiakim. And don't want to have nothing to do with God's word and offended by God's word, then you're heading for destruction. You're heading for destruction. And I know the question pops in, then why would God want to destroy? No, it's not that he want to destroy us. But he has a plan and he has set it in place and everything is set in place the way it's supposed to turn out. And that's the way that it is. According to his word in scripture. And yes, his by his anointing and his spirit, yeah, he moved upon men like Jeremiah to write the words that he wanted us to hear and understand exactly what he said. And what he is speaking and what he is trying to tell us today, he's still doing it right now. By this Bible, according to the words and the meaning of this Bible, these are the instructions of the Lord. It is the right way. There's no halfway, there's no middle ways, there's no part-time, it's either all way or all in or nothing. Hallelujah. So if the world hates you, then he hated me first. Don't worry about it. You should remember the words I spoke to you. Ain't no servant greater than the master. So all of the men out there or even leaders or whoever you are, that if you think you are all that or more than Jesus, then you're sadly mistaken. Then you have really gotten out of your place. And this is the problem with man. Man, because he become very knowledgeable. He, he's been able to learn great things. He's been educated in a lot of ways and means. So he feels as though he doesn't need Jesus. Or he even feels as though he doesn't need this Bible. He doesn't need his instructions, but he failed to misunderstand that that is the worst thing that you can do. And I'm here to tell you today, if you wake up every weekend, every day, throughout your regular routine, there's no time, there's no glory, there's no praise, there's no thanksgiving, there's no honor, there's no change, there's no repentance. There's no forgiveness. There's nothing that you do when it comes to the way that the Lord has planned it and laid it out for us to do. Then you're heading on the wrong road of self-destruction. Rest assured, if you stay on that path, eventually things will happen. And guess what? Even things might be already happening to you along the way on that path, trying to get your attention so that you might turn around and turn away from the sin of destruction so that you can be forgiven of your sin and that God can give you some direction and understanding as to how you should live. The only way that that can happen is when you humble yourself. When you humble yourself unto the Lord. When you humble yourself. He says here again in verse 20, remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. Look at that. They didn't understand where his direction came. And yet, the Pharisee and his Sadducee had all of this information, the law and everything, the instruction that was prophesied from the Old Testament to the New for them as to what they should do and all that. And yet, when Jesus came on the scene, they still didn't recognize him. They still didn't know him. They still kicked against everything he said because they wanted to be right in their own eyes. And just as we are today, 
We preach this word. We speak this word true. This infallible. It's incorruptible. This indestructible. This uncompromised word of the true and living God. And we give it to you verse for verse. And you go through your problems every day. You go through your sickness. You go through your depression. You go through your, your anxiety. And yet, you will not turn and give it to him. But you want to be healed. But you want to feel better. You want to do all right. But you don't want to give it to the one that have the answer. Or you don't want to give it to the one that have the solution. Don't you know Jesus had the solution to everything that you are going through? Through every problem that you are having, the solution is in him. The answer is in him. But you keep going around him, trying to figure out how to do it on your own or another way or through another direction, through another understanding. And that's why you're still faced with what you're faced with. And that's why you're dealing with what you're dealing with. And that's why we see the stuff that's happening in the world today, where we see wars in other countries and all around the world and starvation and hatred and bitterness and racism right among us, right here, and, and, and bitterness and murderings and killings right among us. We are self-destructing, killing ourselves. We're killing ourselves with hate, with bitterness, with unforgiveness, with abuse with malice, with revenge, with rage, with anger. We are self-destructing. It's not God. We are. And yet, with all the instruction that's set before us to give us help, we won't turn to it. We won't turn to it. Just a few of us are trying to turn. Just a few of us are trying to live and believe and trust God. But we're in the perilous times, whether you believe it or not, whether you want to accept it or not, we are there. We are there. But it's up to us to make a decision. So they will treat you this way in 21. They will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. So if I had come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. See, Jesus even said that if I hadn't came and lived and died on this earth and performed the duty that was given to me, then they wouldn't have never recognized that they were sinners. They wouldn't have never believed that they were practicing or living under the uh, slavery of sin. So I came to show them that they were guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. Even after that, even though he shows you that and lets you know what it is, what is happening in your life, then they still don't give you an excuse for the sin. You don't get any excuses. Hallelujah. Then he turns around and he says in the 23rd verse, he says, he who hates me hates my father as well. So if you hate Jesus, you hate God. You see, you can't separate the two. You can't divide them because they both are of the same spirit. Of the same spirit. Just that's the plain and simple way for you to understand. They both are of the same spirit, the one spirit of God. The same spirit. If you hate Jesus, you hate God. If you hate God, you hate Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says in 24. If I had not done among them that what no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now, but now they have seen these miracles. And yet they have hated both me and my father. Man, look at this. Right here in our dispensation of time, as much healing and deliverance and provisions that the Lord have given us, yet they still do not want to obey his word. Because, see, when you don't obey his word, then you hate him. When you don't want to follow after his word, then you hate him. When you don't want to uh, adhere to his word, then you hate him. You see, you can't say that you love God and not obey God at the same time. There's no way that you can do that. There's no way you can love God and disobey him at the same time. 
Look away. I mean, you can say that you love him, but that doesn't mean you love him. Because love is a thing that called for sacrifice. Sacrifice and obedience. And so there's no way that you can love Jesus. Oh, I love the Lord and I go to church and I do this and yet disobey his word at the same time. There, ain't, there is no way. I mean, you can try to make it up, figure it out, try to twist it and turn it and all of that stuff, but it's not going to turn it around. It's not going to change it. It's not going to make it be what you want it to be. And, and, and let me tell you this. And just because you're going about your regular daily routine and you think that it's because of what you're doing that is allowing you to breathe, to live, to see, to walk and talk. No, my friend, it's just the grace and mercy of God. And because of the great magnitude of his love that is allowing you to be here, each and every one of us, every one of us that's living, breathing now is not of our own accord. It's because of the love, the grace and mercy of the true and living God through his son Jesus that is allowing us to be here each time to give us another chance and opportunity. An opportunity. And you're throwing it away. You're throwing it away on pleasure pleasurable and desirable things of the flesh because you want something that make you feel good, make you feel all right. You don't want no kind of pain. You don't want no kind of suffering. You see, living for Jesus, you're going to have to go through some pain. You're going to have to go through some suffering. I just read it there. You're going to have to deal with hate and bitterness. So when you're living for Jesus, you're going to have to go through. He said, they hated me first, so what you crying about? If they, hated, if they hated me, if you're standing for me and living for me, and you're living like I wanted you to live, and you're standing for my principles and my commandments, guess what? They're going to hate you too. So don't worry about the hate part. You just continue to walk in my precepts, in my command, and do my will. But see, Jesus came in the 25th verse, and I said it earlier. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without a reason. They hated me without a reason. So when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, and he's telling the disciples, I'm going to send you some help. Hallelujah. So when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, you hear me? The spirit of truth who goes out from the father, he will testify about me and you also must testify for you have been with me from the beginning. Hallelujah. So for us today, we believe him and trust him. If you don't have the counselor, if you don't have the comforter, that's the Holy Spirit, then you don't have the power. You don't have the power to overcome you, yourself. And if you find yourself right now in the midst of so much addiction, in the midst of so much sickness, in the midst of so much mental problem, mental issues, depression, anxiety, mind problems, forgetting things and all of that stuff, then you must realize that there's something missing in your life. And it's got to be Jesus. Because you see, he's the only one can help you through it all. And you can go to the doctors, you can go to every physician, you can go to every psychiatrist, you can go to you can go to all those places. But when you when it's said and done, and if after they're after them giving you all the medication that they can figure out how they think they might fix the problem, it doesn't help because all it does is add to another problem and creates another issue, and creates another problem. Now, I'm not saying that you don't need it, because if, you, if your faith is not there to trust God, then that's who you have to see is the physician. And even though the faith there are in God, then you need to trust God to work through the physician to give him them the right guidance that they can help you and assist you with what the right thing they need to do for you. Otherwise, when you don't do that, then you're not trusting God in all aspects of your life and living. 
But if you're just turning to them and you find out, you say, well, uh, they did nothing yet. They didn't do this yet. I had this. I had that. Well, see, you, you, your trust is in the wrong person. Your trust need to be in the Savior, in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ. When the counselor comes, I'm going to say this again. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. You see, he even lets you know that after all the miracles, say, he said, but now they have seen. They have seen these miracles. In other words, Jesus came and he performed miracles before everybody's eyes. Heal the sick, heal the blind, raise the dead. Fed thousands and thousands right before their very eyes. Right there. And how can it be so hard to believe who he is or who he was and who he still is right now for your life, for everything in your life? If you can't believe that, then you are doomed for whatever that's happening to you. And all I'm trying to help you understand, don't just be a church school. Hallelujah. Don't just go to services on a regular basis so you can say, I've been to service. Go to get something out of the service, out of the word of the true and living God. And if the word of the true and living God has not been spoken to you in the manner, the way it should be, the way God should uh, deliver it to you, that you might convict you, and convince you of your issues in life, then you need to find what word is being spoken where you can get that. And see, the thing is we have to understand as human beings, because in our humanistic manner, we don't want to feel uncomfortable when it comes to the word of God. When the last time you read God's word and something that you read in word and made you uncomfortable? You see, it didn't make you uncomfortable to be mean. It made you uncomfortable to show you who you really are, what your problem is. And so when the truth comes, that's the deal right there. People don't want to be uncomfortable. You don't want to be uncomfortable. But you see, when it comes to uncomfortness, it comes to change. It comes to recognize and let you know that something needs to change. Something needs to change. Aren't you ready to change today? Aren't you ready? To change today. You ought to be ready to change today. You ought to be ready to call on the name of Jesus. Aren't you ready by now? Haven't you had enough? Haven't you had enough of yourself? Haven't you had enough of the things that you're going through? Haven't you had enough of the same old thing. Haven't you had enough of trying it your way. And still wind up. With no way. <laughs> Having it your way. And still wind up with no way. You still get the same result. The same answer. Nothing's changed. Nothing's different. Be honest with yourself. Won't you be honest. I challenge everyone listening to my voice right now. I challenge everyone listening to the sound of my voice right now to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself about are you satisfied with you or have you had enough of you? I ain't talking about the people around you. Have you had enough of you leading you in the wrong places, in the wrong direction? doing the wrong things or doing the same thing or practicing living the same way. Nothing has changed. And you have a regular routine. Nothing has moved out of your way. Everything's still going the same direction. It's all because, it's all because you haven't put your whole heart and trust in Jesus. I, I, I don't care who you are, where you are. When you haven't experienced the true conversion change that you need in your life, 
then you haven't performed the convincing conviction of God's word in your life. Because you haven't allowed God's word to convince and convict you. You haven't followed after God's word to allow it to convict you and convince you. You see, there's, there's things got to happen. There's supernatural things that's got to happen by the spirit in your life to know when real change. I'm not talking about just hand your hand, shake the hand, put your name on a book. That's not change. That's not change. The change have to come on the inside. The change got to come in the heart and the change got to come in the mind. It have to change. And when both of those change, when the spirit do a work on that, when the spirit do a heart surgery on the heart, when the spirit do a mental surgical incision in the mind, and cause it to see things the way God sees it, in the ways that you've never seen it before. And understanding God being word being revealed to you like never before, that's when you stepped up to the real change. That's when you accepted the real change. And then you follow after the precepts, after the word, after the command of the true and the living God. And you apply it to your everyday living. Not some days, everyday living, 24-7. And you acknowledge him in all that way that he might direct your path. Not for stuff, not for materialistic things and jobs and all that, but before your mental and your spiritual life. That's what we need today. Aren't you ready today? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Touch those right now that need your deliverance right now, need your healing right now, need your change right now, need your conversion by the spirit of truth. Father, we thank you right now. Even the ministers, even all of them that need a true change, that say that they are your servant, but they are false and not genuine in your word and preaching and teaching your word and living something else. Touch, Father, in the name of Jesus. Convince and convict right now. Father, we praise you. We lift you up. Touch. Touch right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. In Jesus' name, have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Right now. In Jesus' name. We pray and we ask these things. Always giving you the glory and the praise. Forever. And forevermore, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. We say amen and amen. Hallelujah. Make that change. Accept that change and turn it over to Jesus. And he will make everything all right. Come on, turn it over to Jesus. Let him have his way in your life today. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and keep you. Listen to this word. Focus to change. You can find us on Spotify and Anchor. And you can listen to any of these messages. God bless you. And may the heaven of the Lord spirit smile upon you in Jesus' name. God bless you.